You're listening to The Lone Signing Hustle with Brett Reitler, where I dive into marketing, branding, tips, and the resources you need to becoming a successful loan signing agent. Take back control over your life and live in the freedom that you deserve. This is a hustle you won't want to miss. This is episode eight, common mistakes loan signing agents make. I am super excited that we are on episode eight of this podcast. You guys have been great on this journey so far and have given me some awesome feedback on new episodes and what to create next. So before I dive into this podcast, please click the subscribe button so you can get notified when I have new episodes and also a five-star review would greatly be appreciated. There's also a link in the episode bio to donate and a place where you can even buy me a coffee so I have enough time and energy to keep producing these podcasts for my fellow loan signing agents out there. Be sure to go follow my Instagram at The Loan Signing Hustle for the most recent updates with the podcast. Now, I've been starting off with a quote of each episode, and for this episode, it is by the famous Thomas Edison. The quote is, I have not failed. I've just found 10,000 ways that won't work. This quote, one, is super famous, and two, resonates so much with me in this business and hopefully others because there aren't ways that you fail. There are ways that just won't work and you learn and you grow with those um, ways to become better and successful. So, I have not failed, I've just found 10,000 ways that won't work. Now, we're going to jump right into this podcast on the common mistakes that loan signing agents make, but I want to start off with kind of the process of how I stay organized in a closing. I stay organized depending on if it's with a direct client or with a signing service. So I'm gonna jump in with um, direct clients first, meaning that you are um, going directly in for business with an escrow office and a title office. Um, Depending on funding conditions, I leave the documents exactly as the way I receive them from the escrow officer. So, I always double check in the beginning of a closing if there are funding conditions and if there are, then I bring those funding conditions to the top of the stack of paperwork. So I arrive probably 
20 minutes early to the appointment. Um, you should always at least be 15 minutes early to any appointment um, and allow yourself time to make it there on time because you might hit traffic, you might hit an accident. So always prepare to get there a little earlier. Well, when I'm going into an escrow office for a buyer or a seller side closing, um, or even sometimes even a refinance, there will be funding conditions that need to be signed first. And I will organize a packet with those on top. As soon as I have the borrower sign the funding conditions, that's when I will go back, make the copies of their identification, get the funding conditions either scanned over to the escrow officer if I'm in a different office, or I will bring it directly to the escrow officer. But most escrow officers, no matter what, like it, the funding conditions just scanned in from the um, scanner that's in the back straight to their email, even if they are in the same office. Then go back to the closing table and finish up with the closing. Now, with signing services, and when you are going to a borrower's home to take care of a loan closing, I keep documents always in the order that I receive them. I just don't even want to mess with it because if I send it back all jumbled up and they hate the way that I did that to their files, then they're most likely not going to use you again. So I just keep everything as they are sent and at the closing table um, with the signing service or even in the title office i stay very organized so as i come up on the notarial acts i will keep all the documents in the same order um, put them under the notarial act and fill out as i go so you should only have two stacks throughout the entire closing. You're still giving borrowers the next document to sign and while they're doing that, you are filling out um, what needs to be filled out as a notary. Now let's go into the most common mistakes that loan signing agents make. I am going to start off with borrower's signatures as their name appears. Um, I always let a borrower know if on their identification I could see that their signature is legible, then they must sign exactly as their name appears. So if they have a middle initial, their full middle name spelled out, then they must sign that way. The only way around that is if on their identification, their signature is not legible, it's a complete scribble, and that is their signature, then you won't be able to differentiate uh, if their middle initial or middle name is in that anyways. So they can just do their normal signature and that's always been okay. Um, trustee verbiage. When I get documents, I always check if there's trustee verbiage. Now with signing services, um, there will be some title companies that throw in standardized docs that say um, if there is trustee verbiage within our documents, this is how we want them signed. But um, that is a huge notary mistake 
as a loan signing agent is sometimes they are not filling out um, having the borrower sign as they're supposed to with trustee verbiage. Some title companies and escrow offices that I've worked with, they rather just have me have their normal signature and no trustee verbiage after because they can always add um, the trustee verbiage through the limited power of attorney as opposed to taking something away if they didn't need it on there. So always check with the person that sent you the signing if there's trustee verbiage, how you want them to sign it. Um, that is what is going to set you aside from being a basic loan signing agent to a great loan signing agent. Toner and cut off documents. Make sure that when you are printing off documents at home or in your mobile office that your toner is not drawing lines through the documents or documents aren't getting cut off through the printer um, because your printer made a mistake with legal and letter size and you're at the table with cut off documents or um, lines through it because your toner was messed up. That will immediately um, probably cause funding conditions and sometimes even a redraw because the documents aren't fully printed out um, because they're cut off or they can't be read through um, the toner that you guys had. So double checking and making sure that your toner and no docs were cut off in the process of printing before a closing. Now, money that the borrower owes on a transaction um, when I get a closing, I always go through the Alta settlement statement and the closing disclosure to one, see that the numbers match. Sometimes the numbers don't match and um, title miss something and they didn't send you the correct uh, closing disclosure and they are going to love you for it if you pick up on that saying, hey, I see that the money the borrower is owed or the borrower owes is different on the settlement statement than the closing disclosure. And they'll be like, oh my gosh, thank you for picking that up. Um, that was our mistake. We'll send you over an updated copy right away. But when you're at the closing here in Colorado, when you're in office for a buyer and seller um, package, Funds are due at the closing table. So that means funds are due to the real estate agent, the broker, as also to the borrower or from the borrower. So if you see that they owe $2,000, I always ask the borrower, did you wire funds or, or are you bringing a cashier's check to the transaction? And I'll make sure... That is squared away first. If not, then the lender needs to be called up because um, that might be a funding condition for um, the loan to close. So make sure that the borrower has the money um, that is due, um, whether that's a cashier's check or um, a wire transfer that they did earlier that day. Super important. And... Um, I had a closing the other day where um, 
the borrower had brought in money orders for their total amount and title did not accept them because they needed a cashier's check so the borrower had to then go deposit um, the cash the money order into his account and then bring a cashier's check to the office so um, just making sure that the money that's owed or due is lined up squared away before you go into the full process of closing miss notarial stamps i have done this once and it may happen in the future we make mistakes but make sure that you are double checking your work triple checking your work when the borrower hands you back the documents um, that you are making sure your stamp is on them when you're notarizing them and the wrong date on notarial certificates and the verbiage happens from time to time so sometimes their closing may have been originally scheduled for the day prior and then it happens the next day which is fine but sometimes they forget to change the date on um, the notarial verbiage so make sure that you are double checking the date for the day you are closing um, and signing is correct on the notarial verbiage and you can just put a straight line through it put the correct date right above it and initial next to it but that is a huge um, mistake sometimes that notaries do miss as loan signing agents now there is some confusion with documents that are sent to you with a blank notarial page after a form um, sometimes it could be after the disbursement of proceeds or something like that and notaries just leave it blank because they don't think it's tied to the document in front of it if there is a notarial verbiage or certificate behind a document it is most likely tied to that document and record it in your book for it being notarized for that document so always fill it out if it is behind um, a document like disbursement of proceeds sometimes i get hoa forms now i always ask the borrower if the house is in an hoa and some title companies these are standardized docs that they just have in every um, loan packet that i've seen um, if they don't have an hoa then you can totally disregard the form but if they do then it needs to be filled out if it's in there fill it out or always ask there is a huge easy miss for the 4506c which is a request for the transcript of tax returns there is a signatory box at the bottom of your 4506c that the borrower must check now that often gets missed and 
that is a no-no because you should be educated and know that the signatory box above the signature on the 4506C needs to be checked off. And also, if you're in a um, closing with a husband and wife, if that tax transcript is a joint filed return, then the spouse needs to sign and print their name below as well as date. So just being conscious of the 4506C is huge um, because that signatory box is often missed and um, not double checked by notary loan signing agents out there. I'm going to talk next about the Uniform Residential Loan Application. This only applies if they are filing for joint credit. So if you have a husband and wife or two borrowers that are filing for joint credit on this application, you will see the first person's name on the first page. This is their application and there will be a little box underneath their name that says type of credit. I'm applying for individual credit or I'm applying for joint credit. If the second box is bubbled in, that borrower will initial in that spot. And remember, initialing as their names appear. I always tell borrowers um, because some will initial just their first and last, but if their full name, first, middle, and last are on these documents, they need to initial these documents first, middle, and last initial. So on the Uniform Residential Loan Application, they will each initial under their application that they're applying for joint credit and it says your initials. So it's very clear. Now on the Uniform Residential Loan Application, there's usually only one or two full signatures on this. Um, the first one's after section six, which could be page five or six. It just depends. Um, and sometimes they'll have a second full signature on the last page. But once again, once you receive the documents back when they are signing, you will be double checking this. So you will see um, if they need one or two signatures on the uniform residential loan application. So don't miss those initials if they're filing for joint credit. So those are the most common mistakes on the uniform residential loan application with missing some signatures and um, initials. Now, there have been times where I've been in a closing and there are duplicate closing disclosures and the borrower will ask me, well, these are both the same. Why am I signing both? And if there's duplicates, sometimes one is for the lender and one is for title. Um, so I just, if it's in the packet, have them both signed and you can let the borrower know. Sometimes one's for the lender, one's for title. So if there's duplicate closing disclosures or other docs, that could be the case for their closing um, that the lender is requesting and or title. 
At the end of loan documents, sometimes I'll run into a few um, letters. So either a letter of explanation, profits and loss reports, or invoices and payoffs. Now, if you come across a letter of explanation, which um, can usually pop up as, I lived at 4,500 Anywhere Street in Denver, Colorado in the years of 2016 and 2017, and then it has their name. Make sure that you're getting those signed. And same thing with profit and loss reports. Sign and date all of the pages. The lender might not need it signed, but it could be a funding condition um, that they need acknowledged by the borrower um, for those reports. Um, and they need them acknowledged that the information on them are accurate and true, and they are signing to that. So if you ever come across invoices, payoffs, profits and loss reports, sign and date all of those pages. The last thing I'm gonna to touch base on are scan backs. Now, if you are required to scan back documents to either the title office or the signing service, do it as soon as possible. That's why um, I have a portable scanner that I bring to um, certain closings, especially if scan backs are required, because sometimes funding is happening that day and the lender is needing docs as soon as possible and there are cutoff times that they have for funding. So sometimes it could be 1 p.m. or 3 p.m. Um, it's different for every lender, but scan backs, you don't wanna be scanning them back after your busy schedule of three or four closings in a day and getting them to them at seven o'clock at night um, also, you'll be missing drop-off for that day, and it could cause the loan to not fund. So if you're required to do scanbacks, know that it's for a very important reason, most likely, and that's why you need to invest in having a portable scanner or at least having access to a scanner very closely to after the appointment happens and get them off and that will earn you more business because they know that you are the loan signing agent that gets them docs immediately. So scan backs are huge and there are a lot of mistakes that happen because um, notaries will be sending in scan docs and they might be cut off because their scanner isn't auto switching from legal to letter when it's scanning. So if you have a scanner that doesn't know how to do that, then you're going to separate legal and letter and um, upload the documents separately based on that. Whenever, this is a quick tip, whenever I upload scanbacks, I make sure I put the file number um, in the beginning of the file name. So... I'll upload my scanbacks and then I'll change the file name to the file number of the loan documents that you have. And you can find this on 
the closing statement right at the top right it says file number and for Colorado CO is usually always in front of it so I'll put CO 11111 scan backs and escrow and title love that because when they have a ton of documents that they're going through they can see exactly what file it is they're working on now I know this was a lot of information kind of very quickly so you guys feel free to rewind and go back and re-listen to this episode so you can pick up all the tidbits of the most common mistakes that are made in loan closings. So go out there, be an error-free, successful loan signing agent, be knowledgeable, be yourself, and go out there and hustle. This is the end of episode eight. Thank you guys for listening and don't forget to subscribe to be updated on newly released podcasts. Please click the link in the episode description for ways to donate and help support the show. You can follow me on Instagram at the Loan Signing Hustle. And if you have a question or you would like to be on an episode with me, send an email to info at signaturesusa.com. Until next time, this is the Loan Signing Hustle.